Hey, welcome to the show Younger Older with Jason and Dave. This is the show where we talk about things that might make you stand up on edge, might make your hair stand. And what I mean by that is it's Then you'd be a millennial if your hair stood on edge. (laughs) You don't like to use any hair product, huh? Well, I'll use hair glue once in a while. Hair glue. Isn't that what it's called? Like Elmer's? No, you know, that hair glue stuff. It's it's called hair product. Whatever, whatever it is. Whatever I call it hair. product in your hair. So when I said that to the person cutting my hair, they snickered. So that's because I used the wrong term. Yes. It's not called hair glue. It's not called hair glue. It's just product. It looks like glue. Product. It acts like glue. It glues your hair down. This is true. This is true. Well, it, um, no, I don't use hair glue. Fascinating. <laughs> I would, I'm, I would, too, I'm too happy for I that. Would, I would actually be surprised <laughs> if you used anything. You're, yes. you're so very happy. I'm very happy, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, but anyways, we love talking about things that, that people don't usually talk about because we love starting the conversations and then... Um, bringing it back to biblical principles. And we do it in a way where we have a younger person and an older person. That way we get different perspectives and different viewpoints. Because Dave, you've lived longer than I have. You've experienced life longer than I have. And you just have different you know, life experiences. I'm trying to figure out if I should be insulted being called older. You should be. I don't know. but I'm. I'm uh, Actually, you should just be insulted by the fact that you are... Um, not a Bears fan. I'm not either that. But so, you know what? I tell you, though, it, it's no insult to be older because it really, I never really considered myself ever in my life very smart. But, I, but I've always had an abundance of experience, even from a young age, because my dad always put me in a position where I had experience. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would have to go do things from a young age. Because he knew you were hep. Yeah, I was a hep guy. So hep guys have to work hard or something. I'm not sure. <laughs> Or just learn what that means. Can, can we can we uh, own that word? I mean, what are you doing in your generation? Don't own a word. Let's own a word. Let's... I I don't know. All right, I we should own it. Don't know. Anyway, okay. anyways, uh, what we want to talk about today on the show uh, for our discussion, we were talking as we were prepping about about a term that we've heard before that we don't necessarily affiliate with ourselves. All right, so that's very vague, and the term is greed. Yeah. Yeah, that's a tough one. That's a tough one because, you know, if you were to ask me, Dave. I'm going to ask you, what is the definition of greed? And that is a very good question. And I don't, I, th- I think greed is, if I were to try to off the top of my head, explain it from my perspective, greed is taking whatever it is. It doesn't necessarily have to be money, but, but using it for your own selfish gain without thinking about others. Okay. Now, when's the last time you honestly thought that you and your wife had a discussion on, are we greedy? I don't think we've necessarily had... So you've never had that? ...that direct of a discussion. And why not? Because I think that we naturally think that we are not greedy. And there's no definition anyway. How are you going to decide? That's a good question. So whatever you're doing in life, I bet you you have good reason for it so you wouldn't think you were greedy. Have you, have you guys had that discussion? Uh, my wife and I have talked about whether we are using our resources wisely or not in right. the sense of how God wants us to. I'm not sure we use the word greed, though, because that's right. why I'm bringing it up, because I don't think it's brought up right. anywhere. Right. So, so no, I don't think it's a common discussion. I think it's one of those words where it's out there, but we don't necessarily apply it to ourselves. Like I even, like no, you, because I'm not greedy. For example, like... <laughs> <laughs> I, there's no definition for it, Touché. so I'm not it. Touche. But maybe a word you're more... What about like even gluttony? Yeah. You know, there's another word that we wouldn't necessarily use on ourselves. Oh, no. I'm not a glutton either. You know, um, of course not. Why no. would we call ourselves a glutton? No. Um, However, so, when I had a, a, a certain problem, they had to find fat to put a shot into because it needs to go into fat. And I said, good luck. And the lady laughed at me. <laughs> 
You know, what's funny, as we've been talking, I, I wanted to look up the definition of HEP. So yeah. I know this is digressing. But <laughs> I Googled HEP, and you know what the definition is? No. Old-fashioned term for hip. There you go. <laughs> so it totally fits you. It does. How about that? It totally that? fits you. See, I didn't even, even know, knowing. but I, I probably used fashioned. that word when I was young. <laughs> <laughs> I was oh, hep then, I'm hep now. You yep. are still hep, which yeah. is great. But greed, how would you define greed, Dave? You know, I I think that I would have to go back to the Bible because I, I think what happens is there's a, it, when things are used like terms that aren't defined, what that means is that they're well understood. Right. It's almost as if we have our own pre-notions, pre, presuppositions right. about that idea or that concept. Yeah. So, so in the Bible, to, right. the word greed is used, but it's always like comma greed sometimes. I mean, it's like it's there, right. but there's no real definition for and it. And we kind of just gloss over it even when we read Scripture. I know I have. Because you know, there's, there's no definition. Right. Because when it was written, no doubt, it was well understood what it is. Mm-hmm. Now, I think that we've moved from well understanding what it is because we're, we're not talking about it we're not defining it. If you don't define something, you can't, be, you can't judge yourself by it. Right. So I can't say, well, here's the line of greed. If, if you uh, use this much of your percentage uh, of money for yourself, you're greedy. And, you know, here, here's what I would suggest. If there is a God, and there is, yeah. and he loves me, and he does, and he owns everything, and he does, yep. then everything I have is his. Right, and I think that any Jesus follower would come to that same conclusion. Okay, so if we honestly believe that, then greed really isn't an issue because I'm only a steward of everything. I I don't own anything anyway. Right. So everything I have, he should direct. Okay. And and that's my attitude then. Now, how he directs it, well, that's interesting because he can direct it in different ways. God is not against providing a home and clothing and shelter for people. He's not against that. In fact, he's for it. He wanted the children of Israel to have the promised land. We've talked about that. So he's not against having something personally that you can enjoy. That, that isn't what he's against. But the resources he gives us, they're given from our Father for our well-being. That's what they're given to us for. And we have to understand that that's what they're given to us for. Here, there's some attitudes in the Bible um, when you look at it. And for example, 1 John 2.16 says, for everything in the world, everything in the world. Now, that when they use the term world, they're talking about apart from God. Yeah. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. There's a contrast there. Yeah. There's things in, in this world that I look at and go, I really want that. I really want that. Have you ever got possessed by something where you look at it and go, I really want to get this? I really yes. want to get this. I think we all have it. Okay. So in, in all different ways, you know, I mean, people get possessed by food or by whatever. whatever or by Apple watches. By Apple or watches or whatever, or whatever until you buy one. And then it's like, what I get that for? Uh, anyway, the, the, the thing is, when you look at it, it's like, okay, this desire for all this stuff, it really takes me away from what I'm about. What do I want stuff for? What in the world do I want it for? And not only that, that stuff can start to control me. And, and God no longer controls me. I want something, and I want something. When I get it, does it fulfill me? No, it doesn't. I think what happens is, just like Satan wanted to be the center of the universe, Dave Wager wants to be the center of the universe. Mm-hmm. I want everything out there that might make me pleased in life, and I will pursue it, and sometimes I forget God in that pursuit. Right. Rather than realizing I have a Heavenly Father, 
that he will provide for me. You have you have young children. I do. Correct. I do. Do you like um, withholding from them the things that they need? No, not at all. No, you actually want to give them what they need in life. Mm-hmm. Do you want to give them everything they want? No. Why? Because oftentimes the things that they want aren't necessarily good for them. So if your older son yep. comes to you and says, you don't love me, Dad, because you don't give me what I want, yep. is that a valid argument? No. Why would we use that for God? Right. Well, and, and I've even had that happen, you know, where it's like, I want this. It's like, no, well, you're mean. Right. You know, so I'm mean because I didn't give it to him because, you know, as we walk through the store, he's like, I want that, I want that, I want that, I want that. You know, doing what every child does. Absolutely. That's pretty normal. Which is pretty normal. But I think that even as adults, we still do that because we never check our our heart's desire. I'm going to throw that term out there with scripture. Exactly. You know, and I think we try to justify it so that we are not greedy. So, so the, when you think about that, though, you just responded to me as a father right. to your children. Shouldn't we respond to our Heavenly Father the same way? I think, I think that is absolutely what we should do. Has he not promised that he will provide your needs? He has. And, and when he gives you a resource, he doesn't give it to you so you can be self-indulgent. Let me give you an example. When you feed your children, do you want them to be morbidly obese one day? No. So you would watch how you feed them? Right. How much you feed them? Right. Educate them as you feed them? Mm-hmm. Okay, those are all important qualities. Doesn't God do that? Right. I, he won't give me something necessarily. Now, right. as, as your children grow up and they make their own decisions, if they decide that they're going to be morbidly obese by going to overeat and do all this kind of stuff, you're not going to be able to do much about it because they're going to make their own choices at that point. But while they allow you to be, or while you're in the position where you must be the provider and the giver, you're going to make decisions for them that are best for them. Now, they could focus on what they don't have, mm-hmm. and they could focus on it so much that they could try and wear you down. Yeah. You're human. You could get worn down. That's what greed is to me. And, and that's the kind of relationship then that people have with God. It's more like you don't love me and they're creating this God of their own making. And greed is the fuel that keeps them from even coming to God in many senses. Right. And it's destroying them because God will provide their needs. You know, one of the things I know I can do is I can take the resources that God has given me. And as he puts a burden on my heart, and I don't know if it's always from him or whatever it might be, but I have a burden to help somebody. I know that that's something that would honor my father to help right. somebody truly help them, right. invest in somebody, invest in the, the, that's a good use of my resources. Absolutely. So, so, and that's not greedy. I'm not saying I need him for me. And even as you're talking here, Dave, I'm just trying to think of, you know, as, as people are listening, I, I think every listener would absolutely agree with everything that you're saying. And I think where we're missing the step is, is that the reason that we don't think that we're greedy is we try to justify the things that we quote unquote want you know, to fit within that paradigm that you just explained, that that is God-glorifying, that isn't about us, that is about Him, and we do it in a way that is kind of sly. Yep. And and what I'm getting at is, as and, and, and I, I'd have to honestly think if I've done this before, but sometimes we make decisions, it's like, you know what, I feel like God has led me to do this. Right. 
you know, whether it's with money, whether it's with our stuff. And so therefore, if we throw out that term, all of a sudden it's like it's got the stamp of approval that it can't be greedy, it can't be about us, because you know what, we, we know that God has led us to do it. You know, whether it's buying a new car, whether it's buying a home, whether it's moving, whether it's buying or getting a new job, you know, all of that sort of stuff, which isn't necessarily, you know, some of it pertains to money, that some of it doesn't. But we, what greed is, is, is it's a core value system. And if we're not truly taking what we're doing and processing it with, you know, is this taking what God has provided me with and using it for his kingdom so that other people can see him, what does that look like? And yeah. I think sometimes we say that God is, has led me down this path. And the reason I think that, you know, it's like, well, what's wrong with that, right? You know, but here's, here's the catch is I think some of us, you know, and I'm sure that I've done this at times, you know, in fact, I think I have done this at times, that we use that terminology to get what we want, even though it's actually not what God wants us to have. Yeah. You used a term in there. We're going to have to pick up on the next half of this program, but yeah. you used the term core values. You know, what I really think is there's a, there's a messed up thought process. You used core values. I'm saying messed up thought process, whatever, yeah. whatever it might be. Sure. Here's what it is. The world revolves around Dave Wager. Right. That's what your son thinks right now. Yeah, absolutely. That's an immature thought that is normal for immature people. Right. So if you're listening today and you think that the, the whole world revolves around you and that God should just revolve around everything that you want, you know, we, we, we mistakenly think because God is endless, his supplies are endless, he can do whatever he wants. Right. We mistakenly think that, that then he should and our whole world revolves around us and that's a core value that we have to talk about more. Absolutely. And, and going off that, Dave, I, I look at even my own life and I see, you know, I have two sons. I never realized how selfish I was until I became a father. Oh, absolutely. You know, and yeah. with that selfishness is greed because yeah. I see how much my son is, is so needy and so, all of that. And I look at myself and I want to dive into that more when we come back. So keep tuning in. Come check us out when we come back here on Younger and Older. Hey, welcome back to Younger Older with Jason and Dave. This is a ministry of Relate 365 affiliated with Silver Ranch. We love that you guys come and join us and just join in the discussions that we have, whether it's um, silly or crazy or serious or politically incorrect. That's why we're here is to, to join in those discussions. If you miss past episodes, just go to the website, Relate365.com, and you can listen to past episodes and, and all that and catch up. On... I don't think we're political at all. We're not political. No. But, we're, we're not either politically correct or incorrect. No, because we're talking about the things. I know. Which is the funny thing. I know. We're talking about the things, the, the, the faux pas things that people don't want to talk about. Yeah. We're, in the words of Dave Wager, we're hep. We're hep, man. We're talking about things that you should talk about around your dinner table. Right, which is a whole other discussion. How do, we, how do we normalize that? I mean, honestly, how do you normalize? You, you have young children, they're growing up now, and I understand that, you know, uh, four-year-olds are not that interested in talking about real serious things all the time. But, but how do you train a generation to have discussions? You know, I think, it. first of all, you'd have to back the train up. Yeah, I guess. Because if I look at even some of my peers that are millennials, you're not even having dinner on a dinner table anymore. Yeah. Um, and so that's step A is creating some normalcy. From the, from the start, from the get-go, that's saying, hey, this is something that we value, that we're hitting that core value thing again. 
Um, and so we're going to be intentional about having this time. And then it's saying, all right, let's set up what is normal about this. And so by leading by example and having discussions, that, that's how it becomes a normal thing. But the reason it's not normal anymore is because we've come to a culture that's so on the go that it's all about personal experience. It's all about how many activities I can do. It's all about you know, our kids doing as much as they can, whether it's volleyball, gymnastics, ice skating, you know, whatever it is, so much so that it's all about their personal development, that it's you're doing it enough where you sacrifice the dinner table, where you sacrifice going to church on Sundays. So the world, we're talking about core values, so the world revolves around the children. At, at the moment, it seems to be like that. And I've opened up another Pandora's box because I'm sure there's listeners out there that do that for their kids. Um, and I'm not saying... Actually, maybe I am saying that it's bad to an extent. Well, let's just throw this on the table for a second. I mean, sure. let, let me ask some some questions. First of all, I think it's great if uh, somebody's involved in anything, music, sports, whatever. Yeah. That grandma great. and grandpa, mom and dad go Absolutely. listen to them perform. I, I mean, good. You right. should. I mean, right. I'm, I'm not against that at all. The question I have is what happens when all of the life schedule that you have starts revolving around the children and everything that they're doing. And so their schedules actually are dictating the fact that you no longer sit around a table, you no longer talk, you no longer uh, enjoy uh, discussions with each other, you no longer look face to face with each other, you're always in a hurry. When do they learn? When will they learn that the world doesn't revolve around them? When, when do they learn that? I, I don't know. How do they learn it? I mean, if you're a parent today, and I'm asking you as a parent, yeah, my kids absolutely. are grown up. I have, right. you know, it's my wife and I, we look at each other, we put our dentures in, and no, we don't. We don't have dentures. <laughs> right? we, you have a nice pair we, there. Yeah, we, we look at it. I mean, we don't have it right now in our home. You do. So the challenge really is, in a culture that has really through the years started to revolve around kids. Yeah. Now, boy, I could get in trouble saying that because there's many who ignore their children, but they ignore them because they allow the world to revolve around them. Somebody else is raising them, the coaches. The, mm. the, somebody else is having the main input in their life. Wow. When the yeah. parents are supposed to be the ones having the main input in their life. Right. And so when we abandon them, right. and I know there's a bunch of gasps out there. <laughs> <laughs> when we abandon them, don't we're in turn trouble. Down the volume yet. Don't we're turn in turn trouble because yet. somebody else is going to be raising them. Now, I said that as a guy who played football and hockey in high school, and yeah. I mean, uh, and not uh, organized hockey, but hockey on the street, and 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 all that kind of stuff. Played football in college. I know what it is to be in sports. Right. I also know what it is to serve with my family. Right. And you know that, Jason. You grew up in the church that we were in, and I know what it is to serve as a family. Right. My brother's still active here at Silverbridge Ranch. My dad founded the ministry. He was a pastor in a church. We we did this together, mm -hmm. and I still did sports. Yeah, and and I can remember um, coming to camp in the summers, and when I was younger and I was playing football, my my football coaches said I needed to come back and do football, and my dad just looked at me and said, "That's not what we do, son. Mm. You you're you're here to serve. Yeah, and you need to tell your football coach you'll be back there when you're done serving. Right." And but, I thought, but what if he would kick you off the team, Dave? He threatened to not start me, yeah. and he didn't. I played the second play on yeah, because he said he wouldn't start me if I came back. You know, it, it's very interesting um, when I look back at my life, Jason. Really throughout high school, the, the football coaches made all these threats all the time, and I began to realize at an early age, because my dad led me that way, yeah. not because I did, because I was being threatened. Like, you don't care about the team. You don't care about being... I had one other coach who was one of my favorite coaches. He was my swimming coach in, in high school. 
in my sophomore football club. You swam? I did. I was a swimmer and a football player. They're, they contradict each other. And then I played hockey at night. Interesting. So I did a lot of stuff. But the bottom line is my swimming coach told me this once. He yeah. said, Dave, you're probably not going to be a professional at any sport. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't insulted, believe it or not. Right. Because if you've ever seen somebody that's a professional, they're a work of, they're freaks of nature. They're that good. I mean, they're really good. Oh, yeah. So someone can tell early, you don't have that. Right. And he told me, enjoy all the different sports. Right. And I did. I was swimming. I was playing hockey. I was playing football. I played basketball at church. I mean, that kind of stuff. I never was really an outstanding at any of them. Right. I just enjoyed them all. And so when the coaches would say, well, you need to, you know, sacrifice summer and come here. And I pretty much told them on my own by the time I was a senior, I'm not coming back. I'll yeah. come back when I come back. If you don't want me on the team, I won't be on the team. If you're not going to start me. But I knew something in the back of my head. I knew that they would play the best 22 players, 11 on offense, 11 on defense, regardless. Right. Because their goal is to win. Right. And, and if I wasn't one of them, no matter what, then I wasn't going to play anyway. Right. So I said, you know, God, I'm going to go do what I think I'm supposed to. Yeah. And I, and I served here at camp, and then I would go back, and I would be behind, and I, I wouldn't start. He never did start me on the very first play, but he put me in the second, play, in the second play, and then I played the rest of the year. Right. So it's like, yeah. there, I punished you. Now let's, let's go on. So I never could say that I started my senior year right away. I right. had to earn it the second play on. You know, I, I think what we have to do is get our core values back. Right. You know? you know, and I think that takes intentionality because if you look at the culture today, um, and I'm not quite there yet because my, my oldest son is four. Um, and so, I mean, he literally just started preschool. And so it's not quite there yet. But I see I see the tendencies around me as I look at other parents. You know, it's it's like we do everything, bend over backwards for our kids. And 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 I see value in that. Um, but but as I as I learn and grow in my own walk with God, the thing that I'm challenged with, and even with social media, even with cell phones, you know, there's times I sit at home and I pause and I stop and I look and I'm on my phone, my wife's on my phone, and my kids are there. And I'm like, you know, what? let's put down our phones. Why? Because they're there, and they're only going to be there at that age for that moment. Absolutely. And and I think and I think we need to be able to to confront those situations in our lives, but we're afraid to because at the at the core value of that, it goes back to the greed. It's all about us. Right. You know, if you look at social media, why do we go on social media all the time? You know, it's because we want to know what's going on either about others, whether it's comparing it to ourselves. We want to be in the know. We want to be seen. Whatever it is, like I would challenge you, why do you have to check Facebook or Instagram or Snapchat all the time? Why? You know, I'm going to throw it out there. I'm not going to answer that for you, but just ask yourself, why do I need to have this in my life? Because I think what we've done is we've normalized life being about ourselves, and we transfer that indirectly onto our kids by saying, you know what, life is going to evolve around you because we want you to have the best experience. We want you to be talented. We want you to grow and to know, which are all good things. But just like you talked about is you can still have that, but instill with them a biblical core value system, which, yeah. which is all about loving God and loving others. Yeah. And so part of that would be teaching them how to serve, teaching them to be able to, you know, we, we start off this segment about sitting down at the dinner table. You know, I look around at people who actually, you know, take the step to t- sit down at the dinner, dinner table, but then they don't have discussions. Why? Because they bring out their phones, they're texting, they're Snapchatting. They're, or they're watching TV. Or, or they're something. watching TV or something, and they're still not having those conversations, and we're m- missing out on that. So you have to be intentional to do that. Absolutely. And so I see that already as a trend in my life. 
you know, with the people around me. And, and I'm at the point where I can acknowledge it. And so now I need to be the one that's intentional to change that and set the tone for my sons going forward because it has to change somewhere. Yep. And and we have to do that. And, and it all goes back to, to the biblical understanding is that by our nature, we're sinful. You know, if you look at Adam and Eve, go back to the beginning of the Bible, Genesis 3, Adam sinned, and, and that's when the curse of sin entered the world. And we are still impacted by that. That's why we need Jesus in our lives, yep. because Jesus is the solution that brings us reconciliation and brings us back into relationship with God. But part of the curse of sin is this selfishness, is this greed. I mean, greed goes beyond money. It goes beyond possessions. It, it's a mentality because greed is is this selfish nature where we want what's best for us in our own timing, in our own ways, you know, and all that, rather than trusting God to do it and God to lead us. And and I think we see it so much more than we admit. You know, just like we, we, we started off at the top of this segment about greed, when you asked me what greed is and whether or not I'm greedy, I think the reason that we never ask ourselves is because we don't really truly want to go down those rabbit trails to say, you know what, how am I living out my life actually that's more about me rather than about my others. Yeah. And and there's some of you listening now that say, well, I'm not about me. I'm about my kids. Well, what are you teaching them that, about that? If it's all about them, what are they going to grow up thinking life is all about? Yeah. Now At we what want, point will that change? Yeah, and we want to be careful. I, and we're not saying that, you know, there are kids that are totally ignored by their parents and, and all kinds of stuff. And we're not saying that you teach kids by, by being harsh to them or anything else. We, you No, you love them. You spend time with them. Oh, absolutely. We, you want to spend time with them, not somebody else. I think what we need to do, um, Jason, we, we keep talking about core values, and we're kind of flushing it out a little bit here. Yeah. But I think in future programs, we have to talk about defining core values. I mean, right. we, have, we have to start with, like, what's the corest of core? I mean, I know because it's like chasing an endless rabbit trail. When we talk, we talk about one thing and bring up a bazillion other things and people are tempted to turn down their channel on their radio station. Right. Well, well, the, the idea is, is simple though. It's just like greed. If you don't define greed, then you have no way to measure whether you're greedy. Right. So we avoid defining it. If you don't define core values, everybody listening is going, well, my core values are good. What are they? Right. I don't know. Well, of course they're good. You can't list them. Right. So why don't we list some core values and then talk about are we meeting those core values or are we not? And, and the core values, I think, correct me if, I'm, if you think I'm wrong, but I think they're simple. They're not hard. Right. The, the, the idea of playing them out and living them out might be where we put in the difficult time, but, but the idea of a core value. I'll give you one for example, and we'll talk about it in future programs. There is a God. I'm not him. Right. Okay, well, what does that mean? Right. And how does that impact the way that I live my how life? How does it impact the way I live? How does it impact the way I, I work with children? How does it impact you know, how I use my money? There is a God. Dave's not him. And, and I have to, believe it or not, I don't know how many times my day I start uh, by saying, you know, you're God, I'm Dave. I mean, I say that as I pray. Yeah. And it's an adjustment. Right. Because for some reason in this crazy world we're in, I go through it, and for some reason, I want to start saying, I'm God, and God, you're there for Dave. Now, that just changed the core value. Or I don't say that I'm God, but I might say, God, you're just there for Dave. Yeah. So your world, God, should revolve around Dave. Now I'm in trouble because I've just changed the core value right. from there's a God and I'm not him, and there's a God that loves me, and there's a God. I mean, I've changed it. So I think... I encourage our, our, our listeners, tune in as we continue this discussion, and 
we'll start trying to hit some core values and just talk about how they actually play out in real life so that we can have real discussions about real things. And we encourage you to start talking to your kids about it. Absolutely. And that's that's what our hope is. Even as we talked about greed on this segment, it's really to open up conversations. And so even if you go away from the show asking yourself, how am I greedy? Because I'll admit it, I'm a millennial and I know that I am greedy in some ways in my life. And, and so I encourage you to do that. Thank you for tuning in. We're excited to jump into more topics in the future that might make your hair stand on end. But this is Jason and Dave with Older Younger.